Hello again. <clears throat> Still trying to clear my throat. Don't let the uh, sun give you the impression that it's warm. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can uh, come together, uh, even though we have a sore throat and a and, uh, noisy environment. We can still come and preach and come, still come and minister uh, as you see fit. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> Sorry, man. <clears throat> Doctors tell me it's because of the dry air in Colorado that you have mucus now. I never had mucus when I lived in California all my life. <clears throat> and I said, well, I don't know about that. I think it's the air quality is full of acid and toxins and it's just horrible because the, the Great Plains, when the wind comes, it comes all the way up and sits right against the Rocky Mountains. And all along the front range of the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, is just vast population growth. And they bring all their cars, and they bring all their industry, and they bring all their pollution. And it sits right here. <clears throat> the only way, the only time it kind of clears a little bit, <clears throat> clears a little bit, is when the wind comes the other way and comes down the mountain and pushes it that way. But normally it comes out of the east or goes north or south. All right, so uh, this is uh, kind of like part two of our uh, other message on uh, prepare and be ready. Prepare and be ready. Uh, Holy Ghost ended me, had me end in the section on being prepared and uh, those two verses was uh, Matthew 3. Uh, I don't like doing uh, reviews, but apparently I'm going to do a re quick review. To me, reviews are for people who are lazy. That's why I don't like reviews. Sorry. The way I feel about it. Uh, Matthew 3, uh, 3, 3 and Matthew 11:10 were the two scriptures that were used for the message on prepare, prepare. <clears throat> Matthew 3, verse 3, I'm not going to read it, Matthew 11, verse 10, and it's on this, the topic of prepare. And this one here is on ready. <clears throat> so prepare was like, the, talked about the... Uh, uh, Thanksgiving dinner, let's say. That's the example I was giving. You buy the turkey, you buy the bread, you buy the flour, you buy the cranberries, you buy all the fixings. But are you ready to have dinner? No. You bought everything <clears throat> and it's there, but you're not ready. You're not ready to eat it. You can, you can sit the raw turkey on the table. You can sit the sack of flour, the bags of cranberries on the table and say, well, dinner's ready. And everybody's gonna know that you are lying. It's not ready. You, you didn't prepare it. You have to prepare it first, honey. <laughs> you know, people know the difference between being pre prepare, preparing and being ready. <clears throat> When you don't know how to prepare, then you don't prepare, and when it's time to go, you're not ready. When it's time to leave the house and go on a trip, you're not prepared, you're not ready. In today's world, everyone's being taught that you don't need to prepare, you just need a moment to throw your things together and head out the door. Well, that's kind of the mentality of Christians nowadays, to throw a few things together and I'm ready, Lord. Yeah, I'll live in sin. I'll live in unholiness. I'll live with evil. I'll dress the way I want to dress. I'll live my own life. I'll do whatever I want to do, knowing that when it's time, I'll throw a few things together and I'll be ready for you, Lord. That's what the 10 virgins thought too. 
But not all of them went in. Only half of them went in to the marriage feast. <clears throat> and so, you've got to prepare. Listen to the other video, the other message on prepare, because I'm not going to talk on prepare. We're going to talk on ready. <clears throat> and this one <clears throat> is Revelation chapter 19 in Revelation, King James Bible, always the King James. Get out of every other Bible that is not a King James. That includes every Bible, not just, well, is this one okay? No, none are okay. See, that's the problem. People don't really want to prepare. They want to do what they want to do, not what God wants them to do. And if you think and you tell me that every Bible in the world is just fine, those are the people who say Allah is just another name for God. That's what they say. That's what they tell you. Allah is just another. Oh, Islam, they're just another brother of us. They're, they're from the father of Abraham also. That's the type of people that say every Bible's the same. They'll also tell you that all the churches around the world are all just fine. No problems whatsoever. That's what they're going to tell you. If, they're, if, that's the, if they tell you that it doesn't matter if you read the New International Version and you study it and you preach out of it, that's just fine. You'll not be ready. You'll, you think you're preparing, but you're not going to be ready. Oftentimes, the people who are not in the King James are those who mimic the world. They look like the world. They talk like the world. They, you know, what's that? What's the old phrase go? Uh, if, it, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it must be a duck kind of thing, you know? So if it quacks like a sinner, walks like a sinner, looks like a sinner, must be a sinner. Oh no, I love Jesus. Really? Surprise to me, right? You want to be that kind of Christian? When you tell somebody that, oh, I'm a Christian, Whoa, you're kidding me, really? Do you really think that that type of a Christian is prepared and ready to receive the Lord? They say, well, I bought the turkey, I bought the flour, I bought the cranberries, I bought everything I need. I bought a Bible, I bought a church, I bought my salvation, I'm all ready, Lord. <clears throat> I'm using the word bought salvation for a term in our text, our message here, because in, in the book or the parable that the five foolish virgins, five wise, the five wise virgins said, go and buy for yourself. So I'm using the word buy. Also the parables of Jesus, where you, when you, you found something, you found a pearl, you buried it, and you went and sold and you bought the pearl. So to buy something is to give something in return for that ownership. So to buy your salvation, you have to give your heart to God. That's your payment to God for salvation. If you think you're going to hang on to your heart and be saved, that's a double-minded person. And that's why they're living two lives. And that's why today, because the proliferation of corrupt Bibles are so horrible that in, you can't even hardly find a Christian church who preaches out of the pure Word of God anymore. So when that happens, after a while, they start bringing in the rest of the corruption. The seed was their Bible. The Word of God was their seed. But it was a corrupt seed. Corrupt. And so now they brought in the corrupt music. They brought in the corrupt look. They brought in the corruption of entertainment. They brought in all the stuff that matches the seed that they sow. So they prepare the way of Satan to come in their life. That's what Satan is doing with corrupt Bibles. Corrupt Bibles, Folk, fake, phony, counterfeit, look-alike, but not the real thing Bibles. That's why I was just on a church site here yesterday when I had some downtime. I, like I normally do, I look around at different churches. So I, I saw another church. I thought, oh, let's see what, they're, see what they're about. So I went into there 
and I found that, uh, and I looked in their, uh, I looked in their uh, uh, about part, and I looked for two things. What do they say about the Bible? And what do they say about, uh, was it about the Bible? Oh yeah, what about the Bible? And what about God? I wanna hear, I wanna see their description of God and description of the Bible. That'll tell me everything about the church. Maybe not today, but as time goes on, it'll all unfold as it goes along, right? It'll all unfold as it goes along. Somebody mocking me back there, that's what it sounded like. <clears throat> it doesn't make this Bible a magical wand. You don't just wave the King James, everything fixed. No, that's not how it works. It's like you don't have a seeds in, in your cupboard expecting a, uh, flowers in your garden. No, you've got to have, you know, you've got to put them all together. You know, you got to put the seed in the ground and the ground in the water, all that kind of stuff. So it all goes together. It's not just, you got seed and it's in the cupboard. You got to plant, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on. So preparation and readiness. So ready is a preparation is an action that takes a long time ready is an action also but it's like it's a very short time for a short period and you've got to be ready to go now one of the stories that just popped in my mind was uh, the first Passover the first Passover uh, God had him prepare the meal had them prepare themselves, prepare their luggage, I guess you could say, be packed, dressed, boots on, coats on, hats on, everything ready, and don't sit down to eat your meal. Be standing, ready to head out the door. So God, and it, so being ready is different than being prepared. It took a while to prepare. How long in that particular story? I don't know, that first Passover. So once they were prepared, they began to eat the Passover just exactly the way God told them to do it. And when that moment came, when the, they were to leave, they left at night. They didn't leave during the day, in the morning time. Oh, we'll leave in the morning, God. God said, sorry, you're gonna leave at midnight. One in the morning, two in the morning. You're gonna leave at night and it's gonna be cold out there. It's gonna be cold, so you gotta have your coats on. Gotta have your boots on. You gotta be ready to go out the door. I mean, for, you know. Be ready. Be ready. So let's go to Revelation chapter 19, verse seven. <clears throat> verse seven. Verse 7 says this, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor. Three things. To him for the marriage of the Lamb. So they're talking about the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? The Lamb of God is Jesus Christ. The Lamb is come. And his wife, who's his wife? The body of Christ. We're the wife of Christ. His wife hath made herself ready. Made herself ready. The lamb's wife has made herself. A lot of people think, well, I don't want to study. I don't want to read. I don't want to get ready. I don't want to prepare. That's a lot of work. And so what do, what do they do? When it, you go back to a different uh, analogy here, and it's a parable, and that is they order takeout. <laughs> Instead of preparing the Thanksgiving feast, they go and buy a prepared Thanksgiving feast. They buy it. Somebody else makes it and they come and bring it in. That's not what God's talking about. You have to prepare yourself. You've got to cook the turkey. You've got to cook the biscuits and the gravy and the, the cranberry sauce and all that stuff. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. God's not going to do it, and somebody down the street is not going to do it for you. In today's world, 
a lot of Christians, I'm guessing, they're wanting other people to do it. Just like how I'm here in Cran Junction. I've been talking about Grand Junction for a whole year. I have people who live in Grand Junction area who watch our YouTube channel. You'll watch it right out. Do you think they would come here or let me know? For five, four, five years now, today's five years, they have not come. The other street preachers I talked about that were across the street here four or five years ago who came and saw me, they wanted to join with me, and I said, you can't do that, you can't do that. If you do that, you're gonna fail. Oh, we've been doing this for years. You know, and they had all their stories. I said, sorry, you're not gonna make it. Guess what? They're all out of the ministry. One ended up in divorce. Other one, don't know where he is. He's hiding someplace. They're all gone. They all did exactly what the Holy Ghost told them not to do. But they said, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay, I said. And the Holy Ghost showed me the Bible that they're reading and preaching out of. I said, based on the word that you're preaching from, this is what's gonna happen. Oh, no, it won't. This is the pure word of God. It is the most, whatever, just letting you know. One of them begged me for some money here a couple years ago. And, you know, all kinds of problems. That's the body of Christ. They think they're ready for the lamb to come. And the lamb says, you're not ready. You're not even dressed yet. <laughs> I mean, if the wedding starts, and the, and the wife, the wife is gonna be coming and she's, she's not ready, what's the bridegroom gonna do? He's gonna be standing at the altar waiting for his bride and not gonna come. She's not ready. She didn't prepare herself. You gotta prepare yourself to receive your husband. Wife, prepare yourself to receive your husband. So that's what we do. We prepare people and try to get them ready. A church pastor, one of their main jobs is to prepare the wife so that they're ready. So when the, when the bridegroom comes, they're ready to go. Now, they're dressed, their boots are on, they're standing at the table, they're eating, everything's ready, let's go. There's some things here in this verse that kind of lets you know, how do you know if, how do you know if you're ready or not? Say you're preparing, you're doing this, you're doing that, and you think you're getting ready, but you don't know if you're ready. You know, well, I see three things in this verse that might be some clues to the mystery, solving the mystery of if am I ready or not, right? I know I'm ready based on this verse. The Lord called me this moment. I'm gone. I've got my boots on. I got my coat on. I've got my banner. I'm ready now. And I'm always in the state of being ready. And I fine tune it as I go along. I kind of do a tweak here and a tweak there, like our church, I'm preparing the church, but it's not ready yet. I'm Gospel Evangelist Church. We're preparing, we're preparing, we're preparing Gospel Evangelist Church, but it's not ready for our Sunday service to open the doors to the public. It's not ready yet. But when it's ready and those doors are opened by God, no man can shut them. So how do we know when it, the God's going to open that door? How do we know when the Lord comes? When, you know, the second, you know, when the Lord raptures his church, catches away his church. I don't like to use the word rapture because it's not in the Bible. They get caught up with the Lord in the air. They get caught away. You fly away. I prepare, you know, pray that your flight be not in winter. Anyway, so what I see here in this verse here, in verse 7, Acts, uh, no, uh, Revelation 19, let us be glad, us being the bride, let us. Let is a, another word that you have to really look at. It's only just three letters. But it's your action. You have to let yourself be ready. 
Let you be ready. You, you better do it. This place is so noisy. I forgot how noisy it was. It's, this is ranching community and and it's ranching ranching communities breed a certain type of person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it at that. Let us be number one, glad. You, it says be glad. You cannot be something if you've not prepared yourself to be. If I didn't buy a ticket on the train in preparation to come here when the train arrived on Sunday morning I wouldn't be ready. The train's here, but John's not ready. He can't go because he didn't prepare himself. The train's here. Guess what the train's going to do? What, what is Amtrak going to do at 8.15 or whenever their scheduled departure is? They left an hour and a half late. They're leaving. See ya. Sorry. And I'm on track number four on the platform waving goodbye to the train. Why? Because I wasn't prepared. I didn't buy a ticket. That's one of the things you gotta do. See, there's lots and lots of stories that you, we can look at. Prepare, be ready. Prepare and be ready. You know? I could have not be doing this if I would have left all my camera gear at home, not been prepared, got here, oh, I forgot my camera, I forgot my tripod, I forgot everything. That means I wasn't prepared because ready means it's now. The train showed up, and I oh, I forgot my gear in Boulder. Well, that's an hour away. You can't go back and get it. <laughs> I mean, forget that. When the Lord calls us, are you going to be prepared? You're either going to prepare. So there's some things here. Like, for example, let us be glad. When you're prepared, Let's go back to the Thanksgiving dinner. When the dinner is prepared, it's, the preparation has completed itself. It's all done. What is the typical noise in the house? Right, gladness. Hey, the dinner's done. Yay, the dinner's done. I am hungry. Let's eat. That's gladness, right? When you hear the trumpet in the air. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. You know, you know. When I heard the train whistle go, all right, let's get on the train. Let's go to Grand Junction. You know, because that's what he did. You know, that's, that's life. Because I was prepared, people are prepared, the dinner was prepared, let's eat. That's gladness. That's how you know you're prepared. When I got all my gear packed up on uh, Saturday night, Saturday night I packed everything up because I wanted to be ready early Sunday morning because I had to leave at 5.45 in the morning, Sunday morning. It means I had to be up pretty early. <clears throat> so I prepared myself before the day of departure, the, the day of being, the day of readiness, the day, that day where I was going to catch the bus. Now you got to think about it. If I didn't get out the door on a certain time, I would have missed that bus because buses on Sundays and holidays don't run all every 15 minutes. Now, and if I would have missed that single solitary bus, there was no bus before that one and no bus after that. There was only one bus that I could have been on in Boulder. There was no five o'clock bus. It was just the 6 a.m. bus. That's it. The next bus would have been seven o'clock and the, I would have missed my train if they would have left on time. But I didn't know that. Nobody knows that. So I had to be prepared for the 6 o'clock bus. Because if I missed that bus, I would not be here. I would have been at home. Because I wasn't prepared to be ready to get out the door at 545 and catch the 6 o'clock coach to Denver. You see all the stories here? All these stories take us right back into the Word of God, every one of them. That's why you want, when I was praying this morning, I spent several hours in prayer this morning. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning, finally got out of bed at 6. And I just spent time in bed with the Lord, you know, praying. 
And then at 6 o'clock, all the way to about 8, 8.30, just praying and being with the Lord. It was spectacular. And he was talking to me about the words that we use. He was teaching me some of the words in the Bible. And he said, you want to use words, because I was using words to describe a couple of things. He said, not to use those words. I mean, most people know what those words mean, but those words that I was using point me away from the King James, points me into the world. Oh, wow, that's right, that's right, that's right. And so I had to find another word that I could use that pointed people back to the Bible, to the King James. I had two words that I was using, and both of those words pointed people away from the Bible, away from the Bible. The two words that the Holy Ghost showed me point back to the Word of God. When you point back to the Word of God, you're actually magnifying the Word of God. You're magnifying because you're pointing it to them, like a big magnifying glass. You know, you can, you can, light can shine through, the sun can shine through the magnifying glass, but it has no heat. But if you turn it just so, it'll take that light and narrow it down to just a, just a pin light, pinhole pin light. I mean, it's just a real narrow beam, and it'll set a piece of paper on fire. If you narrow that light down to just a, like a laser type light, It'll put the light of the paper on fire, a magnifying glass. Same way with the Bible. The Bible is magnified as a magnifier. But if you turn the word in such a way, it'll literally light something on fire. Just like a magnifying glass. So you want to use words that magnify the word. Prepare and ready are two words that magnify the word. That creates it because they're so finely tuned to the word. Prepare and ready creates fire. Creates fire. I'm on fire now. I, when the Holy Ghost showed me that back at the uh, Airbnb, I got so excited I couldn't wait to come out here and preach. <laughs> I was so excited. And then the sun started coming out. I go, wow, look at this. First time in five days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, four days, no sun. It just came out an hour ago, two hours ago, when I was walking out of the house. I go, wow, look at this, man, the sun coming out. Hallelujah. Let's go preach, Lord. <laughs> you see? So look at all the words that you're using. And generally speaking, most Christians think what I'm saying here is a bunch of Nothing. No, no value. Fluff means nothing. I said, all right. All right. Whatever. It's not. What I'm talking is truth. Holy Ghost commissioned me a few, many years ago to speak and preach and teach the truth. And he was just referring to the Bible. He's referring to the Bible, but he's referring to speaking truth. And there's a lot of things in the world that are of truth that point back to the Word of God. And that's what you want to use. You want to use truth everywhere around me, around you. Truth. That's a little kind of far out there. It's kind of hard to understand that part there. But here's some things to let you know if you prepared the turkey dinner or not. And that is this. Let us be glad. Glad, right? Well, I talked about gladness. All right, everyone's glad. All right, the dinner's done. Let's sit down. I'm glad. I'm happy. All right? Be glad. And rejoice. Second word number two is rejoice. How do you know? These are three areas on how you can determine if you prepared yourself for the, for the, to be, prepared yourself to be ready to be received of your husband, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. How do you know that? By these are just one, three of many ideas, but these are the three that the Holy Ghost gave me this morning. And I thought it was pretty cool, pretty cool, because <laughs> it became real to me. <clears throat> and these three things point us back to the Word of God. We're magnifying, we're edifying, we're increasing the power of God's Word. How are we doing that? By speaking the Word of God. By speaking the Word of God. When you speak the Word of God, it builds faith and that brings more power 
And that power comes from the Holy Ghost. That's how you get saved. Right? Let us be glad. Got that. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Let us rejoice. I'll have my earplugs in in just a little bit once I'm done. Rejoice. Let us rejoice. Everybody gets excited. Everybody's got their hands washed. Yeah, everybody's ready. Everybody's dressed up. I got my tie on. Women's got the dresses on. You know, there's some families that dress up for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. They dress up at home. They're not going anywhere, but they dress up. Yeah. And so they're rejoicing and they're glad. They're glad and they're rejoicing. All right. And now what it normally happens next. I'm talking about these are three possible little areas that you can look at in your life to determine if you're preparing properly right? so that you're ready for when the lamb calls you're ready at that moment because ready is a very short time you know ready is not your whole life ready is just a very short portion of your life but preparation could be your whole life Ready is just a tiny spot, just a tiny little bit of your life. All right? We know that by the, the analogy, the story we're using, the parable that we're using about the Thanksgiving dinner. Hours and hours of preparation, hour to eat it. <laughs> you know, uh, hour, you know, that's the kind of thing. The ready, the eating part is the ready part. You receive it. You know, that's the ready part. You receive the, the lamb. Right? You're ready. All right? So, Glad, rejoice, and there's the, next, the third one is give honor. You give honor. What do people do around the big family? We give honor to the cooks, to the people who prepared the meal. Oh, you did such a great job. Oh, the turkey looks so perfect. And the cranberry sauce is so red and luscious looking. I can't wait to have some cranberry sauce. <laughs> I love cranberries. I like the way I cook because I only use, I use honey and no sugar. And uh, I use half I, anyways, I love the way I cook my cranberries. And uh, only fresh organic cranberries too. <laughs> anyways, so you, uh, you do this. You, uh, you're glad, you're rejoicing, you give honor. You give honor to where honor is due. You tell the cooks you did a great job in preparing the meal. Did a great job. I'm excited. And so, you are ready. All those things take place when the preparation is finished. Even in the first Passover, you can tell that they were, number one, they were glad. They were glad they had the roasted meat. They were glad. They, glad, they were glad that the ending of this horror that they were going through it's coming to an end. The last many years or whatever time frame it was in that they were really struggling. Understand, they've been there in Egypt, Goshen, for 400 years. They were ready to leave, especially that last portion of their time where the oppression was just magnified intensely. And they had become, instead of a wonderful group of people, they became enslaved. All right. So now they're glad. They're, they're glad. I'm glad, Lord, that I'm ready to leave this wicked country. I'm going to get out here and go to the land flown with milk and honey, or whatever they said. And then the other thing, they rejoiced. They rejoiced. <clears throat> How did they rejoice? Man, isn't this meat good? I'm all dressed, ready to go. I got good shoes on. I got everything. My bags are packed. I'm, I'm, I'm rejoicing. Everybody, you did good. And you're congratulating people. You're ready. Even the strangers, you're saying, good job, good job. We're all ready. The door's right there. We're all eating, standing up. We're doing everything God told us to do. We're rejoicing because we did everything God directed us and instructed us to do, to be ready. All right? And the third thing, we give honor. In the first Passover, they were probably giving honor to God. I don't know. Maybe they were giving honor to Moses and Aaron. I don't know that. Man, is it cold. That wind is frigid. 
<coughs> but they give honor. And after that, it wasn't moments later that that night came when the firstborn of everybody died and the wailing and all that kind of stuff. I'm in the right place doing the right thing in Grand Junction. There isn't another place in Grand Junction that I'd rather be than right here at this location. Either here or across. I used to be across the street, but two years ago, they rebuilt this corner, provided a lot of room. It's really nice. Over there, you're always in the way of everybody. I've got hit almost several, many, many times. I guess Grand Junction doesn't believe in mufflers, because <laughs> about a hundred people without mufflers in Grand Junction. All right, so let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come, is come. That train Amtrak had come, and if I wasn't ready to get on, if I wasn't prepared, I wouldn't be ready to board the train. But I was, and I'm here. And his wife hath made herself ready. Let's go to one more. In the, Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 6, and we'll end it right there. 2 Timothy 4, 6. I forgot what that said. 2 Timothy 4, 6. 2 Timothy 4, 6. <clears throat> right? So, I just, just remember why I, why I had to do it this way. <clears throat> so, 5 and 6 kind of go together. But 5 is a type of activity to prepare yourself <clears throat> all right so the verse 5 is kind of a picture this is 2nd Timothy 4 verse 5 it says but it says but watch thou in all things Endure afflictions to do the work of an evangelist for make full proof of thy ministry. Four things that you have to do. Four things that you have to do to prepare so that you can rejoice, so you can be glad, rejoice, and uh, give honor. And that this is what Satan is stopping people from doing. All right, so let's go down to verse six real quick before we go back up to five. Verse 6. Verse 6. For I am now ready. I am now ready. You cannot say that if you've not prepared yourself. You can't just wake up one morning and say, Oh, I'm ready. And God says, You're not you haven't prepared yourself. You're not dressed. You're not ready to go. All right. All right, for, uh, let's go back up then. Watch in all things. Watch in all things. That's what Christians are not doing anymore. They're not watching in all things. That's why they're all tattooed up. That's why they're all pierced all up. That's why they got their dreadlocks on. That's why they got ungodly haircuts. That's why they talk the way they talk. That's why they dress the way they dress. And that's why they read the Bible that they're reading. Because they're not watching in all things. They think all things are just fine. Really? All right. I tell you, a big portion of the body of Christ is not going to be ready because they're not prepared. And they don't even know what it looks like to be prepared. Well, we just went over. But watch thou in all things. Watch in all things. Look at your life, man. Look at where you live. Look at how you do your life. Look at everything. Watch all things. Right? Then after that, number two, endure afflictions. Endure afflictions. 
When the afflictions come, are you going to endure to the end? You don't endure, you're not gonna like the re result of not enduring to the end. You're not gonna like it, sorry, you're not gonna like it. Endure afflictions. See, these things are, these are the areas of preparation. Endure afflictions. Number three, these are things you gotta do in preparation to be ready. Right? Watch in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. That's number three. Do the work of an evangelist. Soul winning. Most churches now, when you go through all their websites, you wouldn't even know they're what they are. They don't ever talk about Jesus. They never talk about salvation. They don't talk about heaven. They just talk about how to be a great person. Join the community at our building. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a picnic and we're gonna have coffee and donuts and everybody is happy. And they got all the pictures and all the websites. I did this yesterday. Of everybody smiling and being happy. And they're talking about all their programs and agendas that they have to make everybody feel needed and wanted and loved and safe. And they go on and on for pages and pages and pages in their documentation of their church. But nowhere in there do they talk about Christ. They talk about salvation. They talk about being born again. They talk about not sinning. They don't talk about any of that stuff. Do, they, do you really believe those big churches, and I'm talking about a church that's very big, it's got a multi-million dollar, uh, big, big building project going on. Forget where they are. Uh, I forget what, what, I think they're back east someplace. Anyways, I thought they were pretty cool until I found out more about it. And I thought, oh my goodness, look at that. But nowhere in there. You go to our website, the first thing he says, is Jesus saved. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you trust Jesus? He's the most important thing in your life. Right off the bat, Jesus Christ is Lord. You don't see that anymore either. You'll never see that. What they'll say is, we exalt him above all things. Come and worship us. Come and worship with us, and we'll praise, the, praise him together. That could be a Satanist church right there. You wouldn't know. You don't know who they're talking about. You don't know anything about it. But everybody's smiling. Everybody seems to be happy. Well, when the Titanic went down, they were happy there too. Well, let's be all be happy. We're going to die in an hour or whatever. I'll be happy. Do the work in evangelist. So the most important thing on preparing your life is to win the lost. Think I was gonna get through that, huh? <laughs> You're not doing the work. It's, oh, that's for Timothy. You've taken that out of context. Those are, people say that to you and they've said that to me more than I can count. Those are the people who got tattoos running up and, oh, and I got this new one and this new one and this new one. 20 years ago, they weren't tattooed up, but now they're all tattooed up. I'm really against tattoos. I don't care what anybody says. That to me is a doorway for Satan to come into your life. Big time. Body piercing, cutting holes in your body to put a earring or a nose ring or a cheek thing or a nipple ring or some other kind, to do that to your body is to open the door for Satan to come in. Oh no, John, this is just fine. God told me to do this. God will never violate and talk against his word. Satan does that. We're to be like Jesus. When you look at a husband and wife who've been married all their life for 50 years and they're celebrating their golden anniversary, what is the one of the number one things when you go to a, I've been to a couple golden anniversary celebrations, the most common thing that people will say is they look alike. They talk alike, they dress alike. You can't tell them apart. Husband and wife, look at that. They, they love each other. They look alike. 
you look at modern churches today, can you tell me, honestly speaking, that that pastor, that those people look just like Jesus? They act like Jesus? They talk like Jesus? You can't convince me of that, because here's what they'll tell me. Oh, it's not about the outside, John. It's about the inside. I just laugh at that. Did you know the outside comes in the inside? And then the inside comes to the outside? We're all one. The inner man is the outer man. The outer man is part of the inner man. We're one man. Mankind. You can use that excuse all you want. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just bringing all this up. Watch there. Do the work of an evangelist. Be a soul winner. All right, number four, make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof of thy ministry. So if you have the ministry of, of helps and you're an usher in the church, do that ministry with all your heart, soul, mind, and do it with full proof that you are a good servant in the ministry of helps. For example, if that's what it's called. I don't know if that's where ushering is. I think that's what it's in. If you're in the ministry of pastoral work, then do it with full proof. So somebody can prove that you are right. And I kind of laughed when I was back home looking at some of these verses, praying over them. And I thought, full proof. The first thing I thought of, kind of a funny way, was uh, proof could mean strong. Uh, I was thinking about vanilla beans uh, down in uh, someplace in Mexico, uh, down way down, forget the name of it, but they, vanilla beans grow wild. You know, grow, vanilla beans grow wild. And they were talking about how the natural grown, native grown, wild grown vanilla has a stronger proof than the cultured, farm-raised vanilla. I thought that was kind of funny. Because vanilla can be strong. You know, you ferment vanilla and it becomes strong. Just like you ferment grapes and it becomes very strong. The proof value goes up. Proof is strength, proof is strong. So this is right here. Make full proof, make full strength, full power, full proof of thy ministry, individual ministries. So you do these things of watching all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make fruit proof for your ministry. You do that, you are actually working to prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. And if you're not doing those things, you're not preparing yourself for when the Lord comes. And I use lots of different examples because if you're not ready, so that's the next verse here, next one that has the uh, seven, no, no, six. For I am now ready, now, now ready. I'm now ready. Doesn't say I'm now going to get ready. To be ready is to prepare. Preparing takes a while. To do this is to make foolproof of your ministry. Sometimes takes decades, takes years and years and years. Some, you know, it depends on what kind of ministry you have. John the Baptist, his ministry, they say it was only six months long. Did he make foolproof of his ministry? Yep, he sure did. So you have to serve wherever God told you to go, all right? So, for I am now ready to be offered. For, I, for the time of my departure is at hand. Right here, when I saw the train, my departure time is at hand. When the lamb calls, I am ready because I have done these things. I have joy, I have rejoicing, I have, I've done all these things. I've made full proof on my ministry. I've given everything. I've done all these things. I've endured afflictions. I've washed all things. Preacher John has done these things. I have, pre I am prepared and I am ready. Yeah, how about that? I'm an example. 
Can you call yourself an example? Most people tell me, well, I'm not perfect. That means you're not prepared and you're not ready. So I'm not... <laughs> you better get ready. You better prepare and be ready. Because that readiness is a very tiny window. Tiny. It is so small, it could be as small as a twinkling of an eye. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you've helped me in all these decades to make full proof of the, my ministry, to watch all things, to endure affliction, to endure the struggle that I've gone through all these years on working out the ministry, and uh, then knowing that I'm prepared to be rejoicing, to be glad, to give honor to you, Holy Ghost, for preparing me. I thank you, Lord, that we'll continue to prepare, knowing that at every moment I'm ready, that I'm clothed, I'm dressed, my hat is on, my boots are on, my bags are packed, I'm ready, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna stand eating my meal, because I'm prepared to leave. I'm prepared. My ears are attuned to your voice. I'm attuned. I'm ready. I pray that my flight be not in the winter. Pray that I not be enduring tribulation. I pray, Lord, and I agree. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So that's it for today. Uh, this is Wednesday. I'm going to go and put this away with my banner. Um, I think I might do another scripture short. I don't know that yet. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care.